This podcast is on slavery and the Constitution, and we might frame the question this way. Is the Constitution pro-slavery or anti-slavery? Well, the 13th Amendment ends slavery, but that, of course, followed or came at the end of the U.S. Civil War, and it took over 600,000 casualties to settle that question and get the amendment through. What about before that? Historians have differed about this, and we thought it might be interesting to consider some of the issues each way. First of all, the word slavery did not appear in the Constitution until the passage of the 13th Amendment. And there's an old song that says, it's not what you did, it's what you didn't do. If the Founding Fathers were pro-slavery, wouldn't they have just gone ahead and used the word itself? That scene is suggesting that if they were not pro-slavery or anti-slavery, they were still a bit ashamed of slavery. In addition, the Constitution includes what is called the Three-Fifths Clause or the Great Compromise. Northern states wanted to base representation in the House of Representatives on the free population. The southern states wanted to base representation in the House on the entire population, including slaves, who obviously would not have been able to vote. The Great Compromise counted five persons held to service as the equivalent of three people for the purposes of determining representation in the House of Representatives. That gave the South more votes in the House than it otherwise might have. It also gave the South more votes in the Electoral College, since the number of the Electoral College electors is based on how many people are in Congress. Right now there are 538 electors because there are 435 members of the House from the 50 states, 100 senators from the 50 states, and then three counted from the District of Columbia. Well, this is certainly a pro-slavery element of the Constitution if you figure that It's benefiting the slave side. At the same time, it is not counting slaves fully as people who are being represented, an acknowledgment that slavery was somehow wrong. The Constitution also permitted the end of the international slave trade 20 years after its ratification. Well, that means slaves could still be brought in for another 20 years, which certainly benefited the South and the two states that fought especially hard to maintain the international slave trade, South Carolina and Georgia. At the time of the Constitution's writing, the two of the 13 states most dependent on slavery, most in need of new slaves, or in turn, newer colonies where slavery had had less time to take root. But in 1808, at the moment that the international slave trade could be ended, it was, suggesting that those with memories of the Founding Fathers saw it as a blight, as a terrible thing, and wanted it to end at that point. Obviously, the question isn't easily answered whether the Constitution is pro, or was, pro-slavery. However, we also have the views of the Founding Fathers, Generally speaking, the Founding Fathers viewed slavery as either bad, if they were Northerners, 
or a necessary evil if they were southern slave owners. Thomas Jefferson was not at the Constitutional Convention. He was the American minister to Paris at the time that the Founding Fathers met in Philadelphia, and he made clear his dislike for slavery, while at the same time he felt completely dependent on it, dependent to support his plantation and his lifestyle, just as other Founding Fathers did. Most of the framers were critical of slavery in one form or another. But their private writings matter a lot less than what they did in the Constitution and how future generations would interpret the Constitution. At the time of the Constitutional Convention, the Founding Fathers did not anticipate that the Supreme Court would be the only, or even the main, umpire when it came to calling balls and strikes on the Constitution. They expected that the President and Congress would also play a role. The Supreme Court evolved into the ultimate arbiter. And the most famous case it dealt with on slavery was Dred Scott v. Sanford, which also became known as its worst case. Chief Justice Roger Taney, spelled T-A-N-E-Y, but it was an old Maryland family, and uh, that's how they pronounced the spelling of T-A-N-E-Y. Taney pretty much twisted precedent and the words of the Constitution to make the argument that African Americans could not be citizens, that the federal government had no right to restrict or regulate slavery, and that states were free to do what they wanted about slavery. This followed several Supreme Court precedents that had upheld the rights of slave owners and fugitive slave laws and that sort of thing. At the same time, it also twisted what the Constitution had said and what succeeding generations of executives and legislators had done in acquiring new territory and regulating slavery in it. The Dred Scott case has been the subject of a lot of writing. Uh, there is a book put out by Bedford St. Martin's Press, which does combinations of documents or primary sources with commentary on it, edited by a uh, major constitutional historian named Paul Finkelman, F-I-N-K-E-L-M-A-N, uh, a book on Dred Scott v. Sanford that you might find helpful. And it could be a good debate for your students if you can try to show them how we use the language and what kinds of words we use, euphemisms and the like, and uh, you just might find they'll learn something more besides slavery and history if you try something like that. Anyway, I hope this podcast has been of some use.